Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here for another episode after the regularly scheduled set the spread. Now we're on just regular scheduled programming. We're missing our fourth wheel again. Is he going to be in attendance or is he TBD? TBD. All right. So we'll see. Might not be in attendance and the kid won't even edit videos. So start spamming his DMs. We got DK Capra MMA Dank Wagers. What up, we what got up? Country Club Kobe anchor in the spot. Yes, sir. We'll just give it over to Country Club Kobe to out the gate because we're starting with news and notes here. We did recap on the set the spread as usual, and then we'll kick it into breaking down UFC 267, a free card that is pay-per-view quality on ESPN Plus. Pay-per-view quality and then some. And then some. Not only pay-per-view quality, but card of the year quality. Right. We're so, underselling honestly, right me. off the get-go. This What's is this, I've been hyping this one up for a long fucking time. Yeah, I'm excited I mean, for this one. We have Dan's entire prospect list on this card and then some. It feels like it. Definitely a grappling showcase, a Russian showcase. It's, it, it's going to be a lot of fun out there in Fight Island. I love it. I can't wait. And this is going to be a, a Saturday afternoon card for us states, guys. If you're overseas, it's going to actually Figure be a normal, card. Yeah, normal night card <laughs> for you. So congratulations. And continue. If you're overseas, buy that Bruce Buffer energy drink. It's time. I'm telling you, that stuff's good. <laughs> to our to our to our fan base overseas okay let's get into news and notes country club what do we got yeah let's just start out right off the bat with some pfl i'll just hand it off to you guys we're we're kind of live reacting we got clarissa shields as a current live favorite minus 390 two minutes left in the first but i know we've had a lot of fights already happen tonight so i'll turn it over to y'all well dan and i were texting during I'm trying to get to the main thing. We were, we were texting during the – what fight was it, Dan? We got some uh, – It was Loic Radzibov and Haush Menfio. Yes, what he said. And it was sick. And then I also had uh, Kaibulov against Chris Wade, even though Chris Wade's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, He just ragged all the awesome. other guy. I was texting Danny just the, the prospect or the idea that PFL's roster is honestly probably better than Bellator's roster. All the title winners tonight have a million bucks. Dan was touching on a Mariak Medov, ex-UFC, falling to this Jordan Young at a minus 600 favorite. So that's incredible comeback after Omari won the first two rounds in Omariak Medov fashion. Just a good dominant wrestling pressure. Should have had the finish, I think, at the end of the second. Uh, Had Mount, had his back, had the choke in for a while, but ultimately couldn't do it. And then... Had no gas at the end of the third. Like we've seen Omar. That's the reason he got cut. Yeah. That's why I lost to Weidman. Poor Danny. So here we are again. Same issues, just different league. But these fights have really been living up. So we got Clarissa Shields live right now. And we will have Magomed, Magomed Kirimov, Ray Cooper for the 170 title going while we're watching as well. Or while we're recording. And Kayla Harrison also. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about this is I really, really love their like live smart cage or whatever that is with all the live stats and whatnot as the long. fight goes on yeah it, it's not accurate remember, I love remember the, the uh the fight we were talking about the live betting fight of the first title fight they had well that's their like ai system that tries to calculate yeah, 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 the winner yeah. I, I just like the live update of, of the PFL stats. does a lot of good things they do stat updates they do raft cam I like the season format not gonna lie it's pretty cool but i mean I, i'm glad the ufc just does what they do and guys like shoe face he won a million dollars today. That's not a payday he would ever get in, I mean, a million years in the UFC. No, seriously, I was thinking that. Do you think it would behoove, like, not so much like a Kamaru Usman, but like a Colby Covington, for example, if he loses to Usman here just to go to PFL and just destroy the 170 division, get a milli? I had one of the same thoughts. Um, I mean, like, honestly, there's a lot of young prospects that I think could – just kind of go on a tear and win a quick million dollars a year and see yeah. that as almost some substantial link or not substantial, no, but obviously substantial, but uh frequent income, recurring income. 
Yeah, uh, if like you're if just, you put like, I mean, if you have Shoeface winning at 205, put Yuri Pohashka at 205, he wins it easily. You know what I mean? He rolls right through it. And and yeah, for sure. There's other guys too. Like even this this, I mean, there's a couple of really good fighters. I don't want to discredit PFL, but like. I mean, we're talking about the guys who are top 10 in the UFC, especially over the hump. Like, what about Tony Ferguson coming in for 155? Quick minute. What about, what about if things go poorly in the main event this week, Glover Teixeira going and just running PFL for right. a couple of years? Right. Seriously. I mean, that would be easy for him. So PFL's format definitely makes way for a lot of good talent. And the ESPN deal, I think it's going to be around for a while. I think we're going to be talking a lot more about PFL uh, in the I next agree. coming seasons on this podcast. It's going to – it's definitely going to help fuel the sport as a whole. For I think sure. it's going to get a lot more people who just like aren't really familiar with the sport or haven't really watched the sport being on is getting some good traction, especially with the season format. For sure. So what else we'll we got? Get some, we'll get some live updates as these last three fights finish up for PFL. We also had Dana White contender series last night, six fights and five contracts um, working backwards to front main event. Gadzi Omar Gadzaev with a knee bar sub in the first yeah, round. Yeah, that was a nasty, nasty knee bar. I actually caught that one. He remains undefeated and got a contract. We had Christian Quinones, a bantamweight with a 30-27 across the board unanimous, unanimous decision, get a contract. We had Javid Basharat, also a bantamweight with a round three guillotine, get a contract. We had Karine Silva, women's flyweight, with around two guillotine contracts. And Manuel Torres was the fifth contract, a lightweight with a first-round knockout. Yeah, a lot of good fights. A lot of, a lot good of talent. To watch too. Yeah, definitely a lot of talent. I'm excited. Dana was, uh, I don't know, unapologetically very pro Dana White Contender Series, believe it or not. It was very funny. He was, like, he was very certain that the Dana White Contender Series is the second-best fighting promo if you want to call it something separate from ufc um as far as talent goes which like of course dana white's going to call the dana white contender series that but it's true i mean as far as what if you stack it up against his other properties like tough like it's definitely the second best talent um for sure so, but yeah i don't think it holds up against like lfa and cage warriors and whatnot again this was literally a dana white interview about dana white contender series and so. m1 but yeah i get you um we have mike perry in the news going to bare knuckles because oh, okay he got cut from the ufc or did his contract run out he just moved either way yeah if you would have told me that age van zant rachel ostovich and mike perry have the same post ufc career path like a year ago i would have i would have called major bullshit on you but it Turns out Bare Knuckles got got the cash to sign some major UFC or ex-UFC stars. Not At least that, people with like, names. It's also just like, I just remember when Mike Perry blew on the scene, it was like, man, no one's going to stop this guy. He's a bad, bad man. And then Max Griffin danced around him. And ever since then, it's kind of just been a downward spiral. Right, he was, he was a guy with like natural power that yeah. if he could just get that technical element would thought to be unstoppable and just has never really gotten the head on his shoulders or the fight IQ to back it up at all. Yeah. He's actually one of those guys who he's one of those guys. Um, I don't remember what we we're talking about. I literally drew a blank while reading an article. What were we talking about, Dan? Mike Perry. And he's one oh, of yeah, those no, guys. He's, he's, he's one of those guys who's his own worst enemy. Yeah, for sure. He, he, he fucked himself so many times throughout like the UFC. That's like, the, the beginning of the end was and that's inside the cage. That's outside the cage. Outside the cage. The beginning of the end to me, though, is when he stopped having corner men in there. That's when I was like, okay, he's, he's this is with the start of the end. Um, yeah. But okay, good for him. Um, bunch of fight announcements here. I'm going to run through. I guess I can go through them in order best I can. We have Josh Emmett and Dan Ige, December Dang. 11th. Love that fight. Haven't said Josh Emmett's yeah. name in a long time. Or Dan Ige. I don't think we've seen no, Dan Ige. Ige, Ige we had this year. Yeah, Ige, Ige was like twice this first year. Fight of- twice. He finished Gavin Tucker, and then he lost. I think we only had him, right? Uh, didn't that Max Holloway fight? No, I think he finished. Or am I mixing up? He finished Gavin Tucker, and then I think he lost a main event spot to Korean, Korean Zombie. Zombie. Yeah. 
So he, he lost did. the main event spot to Korean Zombie, and then he beat Gavin Tucker in March. So he's about six months off. Not bad. I'm mixing him up with Calvin Cater. Cater, we haven't seen him. Right, right. Since that Holloway. Didn't Cater fight Ige at the end of 2020? Maybe I'm making that up. I don't want to put that out there. He won if he did. I know Ige lost that fight if he did. They did fight at the end of 2020 or mid-2020, July 2020. Okay. You know what that is? It's the uh, early days of the ankle pick pot. Chalk that one up for data. Um. Howdy Barcelos and Trevin Jones, 12-18, the following week. Okay. That one's interesting, too. I'm going to like guess. Barcelos there. Get, if, if he can get it to the map, Barcelos, I feel like, could hunt the finish. That 12-18 is going to be the final card of 2021. That's headlined by Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins. We've already saw, talked about that one. Yep. Um, Actually, speaking of Dawkins, I saw that Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins is off. Really? Yeah. Any Holland's reason out. why or no? It's Holland withdrew undisclosed injury. Wow. That's tough. So, but I, I would, I would call a, uh, Alan Patrick, but it's Kevin Holland and that man's always game. So I wouldn't, wouldn't dare. We have January 15th. Reese is just going to laugh. Chase Sherman, Jake Collier. Big boys, big puffy boys. We have January 22nd, which is a pay-per-view. That's 270. Three fights to announce there. Warley Alves, Alves and Jack Della Maddalena from Dana White Contender Series. Yep, I like that fight. We have Tony Gravely and Simon Oliveira. Okay. I like that fight too. And a banger of all bangers, Mosar Evalev, Ilya Tapuria. That is banger of all bangers. Hope that, and that won't headline a fight. Card. Right. That'll be hopefully probably, it's one of the main hopefully cards. on the main event or main card. But um man, man, what a fight. Yeah, that's a fight. That is I a think Ilya is gonna stop him, by the way. I wouldn't be surprised. That Ilya is a bad, bad man. And I think we should do is set the spread very early. I'm going to want to bet that right when the line comes out. All right. I'm fine with like that. I almost, I almost want to record to set the spread like the second of the day that the fucking line comes out and like insert it later. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> At least for that line. Maybe we just do yeah. that line and then insert it later. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, Brian Battle and Treshawn Gore. Finally, we're going to yeah. get that tough finale. That's February 5th. Yes, I'm excited for that one. I that I'm really happy they made that. Mm-hmm. That's a fight that needs to be made. And I, I also think Treshawn Gore deserved to be in the UFC, even though you know he didn't go on to actually win the show due to injury. I'm happy that they're giving him a spot instead of just putting him back on the regional scene. He looked good. He I think to be honest with you, I think he, definitely. But I also think that he was my surprise gem of that show. I think he's gonna have the best career in the UFC from that show would be my guess, but what do I know? Last two to announce today, both on the 271 pay-per-view card, February 12th, that's Super Bowl weekend for football fans out there. Um, and that's looking like it's going to be Izzy Whitaker, by the way. Ooh. Uh, that'd be an awesome I didn't know card. Izzy Whitaker wasn't booked yet. I think that they're I don't know. I don't think they have a date on it is kind of what it comes down to. Um, but it's looking like it's that 271 card. And I think I heard rumblings about Seattle and a presser from Dana White. Um, yeah, I think so I heard Seattle, Seattle or some kind of Canadian city, probably Vancouver. Yeah, I was about to say it yeah, but not like a that, Seattle thing. But. Not for 271. They talked about that for some time in 2022. But it's not going to be okay. a Canadian city somewhere. Um, and then the next fight that is also – Announced for tw- for the twelfth is Alexander Hernandez Hanato Moicano. Oh, I saw that fight too. I'm excited for that one. That'll be a good time. That's what I got. News and notes. It's a rub. It. A lot of good fights announced there. A lot, a lot of bangers. That's a wrap. Um. Okay, we're gonna get into this week's fight card. UFC two six seven this Saturday. It is in Abu Dhabi. So everyone in the state. Let's go. Let's go, Poha. 
Everybody in the States, this card is starting at 9.30 Central Time. That is correct. You heard me right. 9.30 a.m. a.m. Central Time. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you're abroad, congratulations. So starting off, Reese, Dan. Real quick. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know why I'm so excited for this card? Uh, I can name a ton of reasons, but give me, give me one. Why? Because I am a fight island boy. Oh, God. <laughs> He's obsessed with Sugar Sean O'Malley 1 and Sugar Sean O'Malley 2. Sugar Sean O'Malley and Andre Feely. They're literally (laughs) Thing 1 and Thing 2 from Cat in the Hat. Okay, without plugging these random fools, Dan, Tagir Ulanbekov, 12-1 and out of Russia against Alan Nascimento. And obviously, I don't even need to tell you the line. You probably know it, but I'll tell it to you anyways. Um. Tagir to, to Ulanbekov minus 370. Nascimento plus 310 on the other side. And, I, and I'll give you a hint. I'm all Tagir on this side of the table. And this is the curtain jerker? Where the hell was right? this when we were having... When we had no headliners for any card. When we were having fucking Dor- Dumont Lad headline a card. Give me Ulanbekov Nascimento. Um, but as, as I mentioned pre-show, this seems to be like a Russian exhibition, wrestling exhibition, Danny Dagestan prospect. exhibition. Danny prospect looks at ex, ex, uh, Danny prospect list exhibition. And, and it gets started right off the bat. Like you said, we're as a podcast all in on to gear. He is the complete package. Great boxing, Dagestani wrestling. He's on team Khabib. He's uh, got that combat Sambo background, eight submission finishes, love to just move forward, smother people. And Nascimento is a decent fighter. I love my Brazilians, too. Um, he went to a split decision, I think, with Julian Paiva in his Dana White Contender Series. That's the reason he didn't get the contract. But that's that's a damn good split yeah, what decision, a I got to be honest. What a tough draw. Right. He's got great jiu-jitsu submission threat from anywhere, especially his back. Um, but that being said, he, he does love to play guard, and he can lose rounds because he just, like, he feels threatening, and he is threatening off his back, but – Obviously, against a guy like Ulan Bekov, who's going to be aware of that, I don't suggest voluntarily giving up position. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think Ulan Bekov's the, the play he here, also, probably a parlay piece. He also loses a lot of fights, if not all of his fights. I don't have it up in front of me, but a lot of his fights via decision. And those decisions came from him sitting on the mat in, in guard. And it's not that he's not a lethal threat, but when you got a guy like Ulan Bekov on top of you, He's not going to give you an arm. He's not going to give you a neck. And so I think Ulam Bekov by decision, if the line there, but again, if it stays on the feet, Nascimento's in trouble there too. This one's tough. This one's tough. It is the favorite to go to decision though. Ulam Bekov by by decision, I'm seeing at plus 110. So not exactly your good value, but But Vegas agrees with you. But yeah, it's yeah, Vegas clearly agrees. And I think this is at 125, not 130, but uh, yeah, it's 125. So that's all the more in our favor. So yeah, possible parlay piece. Uh, put a little asterisk there. Magomed Mostovaev versus Demir Ismagulov. Two more guys that sit on our list. Line yeah, especially Ismagulov. Yeah, what? Especially Ismagulov. Yeah, especially Ismagulov. And he's got a prison rookie if you're hungry, but. Demiris Magulov's minus 270 here against Magomed Mustavayev, but both guys are phenomenal talents. And I, my biggest takeaway from this, Dan, is I didn't feel comfortable laying the 270. I'm seeing it as maybe a parlay piece. I'm not nearly mm. as comfortable as T-Gear, but I, I do see Magulov as another just awesome fighter, former M1 champ. I was just talking about them as one of the most well-regarded regional promotions. Great footwork, great pressure. Really quick hands, great cardio. I actually think he'll be the better grappler here as well. If if this wants to be a wrestling match, obviously, Mustafaev has that awesome spinning, uh, what was it, spinning back kick against uh, Hafez Yeah, Fiziev. Nothing to glance past. Or no, and that's a huge really impressive. win. That, yeah, that one aged really well. And then your loss. It kind of feels like it's the re- only reason he's still signed. You think so? Well, You're on a four-fight losing streak. That Mustavayev. If that, if if that, um, physique if, fight. Oh no, the it'd be three. Way. Yeah, it'd be three. Because he lost. Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, he lost to Kevin Lee, which is tough. 
But a split decision loss to Brad Riddell. I mean, we on this podcast have a ton of respect for Brad Riddell and City Kickboxing. Definitely. So that might be one of those where if he left the UFC and came back, you'd be talking about like, wow, that's a tough gauntlet. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And he's definitely talented enough to be here. I'm not calling for the pink slip. No, no, no. I know. Um, I'm I'm saying more like this guy. It just this is an uphill battle for him because now he's got Ismagulov, who's no easier test. Big time. And it's a completely different task. And honestly, the way that he lost that Riddell fight, he clearly, I mean, it's, it's hard to outstrike some, such a phenomenal kickboxer, Brad Riddell, but it's when he needed to wrestle, how much he struggled to get takedowns against a guy who's purely just a Muay Thai kickboxer. I kind of think that Ismagulov is going to end up being the better grappler in the cage. And that's what kind of makes me more comfortable to possibly lay it as a parlay piece. Mm. Um, I didn't even but, totally look at that because you look at a guy like Ismagulov and you're looking just for his striking and his, his range management because he's a very long fighter. Right. So to, for you to say that there's a potential grappling knot in, in Ismagulov's fashion, that's actually interesting to hear. That That's why I'm more comfortable to place it as a parlay piece, but still not as comfortable as to gear. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I, I, I think I'm... That might have been an underdog play for me, but we'll catch closer to it's to tough. This this card yeah, is tough. really tough as we'll get to. Uh, there, there's just not a lot of spots where I even think that the underdog has value. I mean, there's obviously value everywhere because of these such I wide see what lines. You're saying, though, yeah. But it, it's a tough spot to pick underdogs on this card because there are such wide lines. Right. And then talking about underdogs, though, this is one of the clear spots on the card that me and you both agreed on. Yao Zong Hu. Versus Andre Petrovsky. And a lot of you guys are probably like, well, Petrovsky sounds familiar. I know nothing about Yaozong. Petrovsky is the tough alum. He got upset in the second round. He beat the alternate Aaron Phillips. And then he beat the incoming alternate on the tough finale, which he was the only guy from the show that wasn't a finalist that fought on that card, which I still find interesting. Seems like a guy the UFC is trying to market. They give him a three and two fighter here who somehow finds his way into the UFC. Not sure how to be brutally honest with you, but it doesn't really matter. We both feel like there might be value on the other side. I'm interested to hear more what you have to say than what I'm thinking, but Petrovsky's minus 230 here. Uh, Yao Zhanghu plus 190, and I instantly told Dan, this seems like something that to me felt like a low line for Petrovsky from what we've seen. Also, quick side note, and there's a little asterisk side note. Line actually opened at 110 each way and has ballooned up to 250 to 220 for Petrovsky. So that's, man, do I wish I could have seen Petrovsky at 110 because not that I even think he's going to win, but I could tell you that that line's going to fly off the radar. Yeah, I'm honestly pretty happy that it's ballooned up. I really am going to enjoy playing who who here. You, You mentioned that he's three and two. And interestingly enough, those both those losses are UFC losses. Uh, he was 3-0 and at 23 years old, making his debut. He lost to Cyril Asker at heavyweight and then Rashad Ooh. Coulter at light heavyweight. I He's watched now, both. now moving down oh. to middleweight after a, I think, two-and-a-half-year layoff. Oh, I watched which both I think- those fights live. They were on those China cards overseas. Mm-hmm. I think one was headlined by Nganu Blades, another one headlined by Bispin Gastelum, I bet. Um, I think it was the beat cater. I remember that card really well. One was the yes, I was right. This the the um Cyril Asker was that the Bisping Gastelum. The other one was Blades and Ghana too. Oh, so where where am I thinking of whatever? Um, Irregardless, Cyril Asker is one of those heavyweights where you saw him and you're like, oh my god, fade central. He hasn't fought since 2018 after losing to Tua or uh I'm watching football. Tied to Ivasa. And then oh, Rashad Coulter's like the biggest one of the bigger laughing stocks I can think of. And he's currently fighting in Fury FC after dropping Chris De La Rocha, who's also on the regional scene, losing to Chase Sherman via finish and tied to Ivasa. So moral of the story is those two losses are a lot worse of caliber than Petrovsky, in my opinion. Well, the thing about those for me is you're looking at light heavyweight, now, heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweight and light heavyweight, and it's now been three years since then. You got a 23-year-old kid who probably shouldn't have been there to begin with at the wrong weight class, at two of the wrong weight class. And honestly, at a, probably a 50-pound disadvantage if he's going to be comfortable at 185. Um, 
and, and Richard Carlton missed weight for that second one too. So it was essentially two heavyweight fights. Yeah, he, You've got a guy he, who's yeah. moved to Tiger Muay Thai, who's a former silver medalist in the Olympics at Greco-Roman wrestling. Um, he, he, I, I really think he's, he's built up his body. I think this is a good spot to play the dog, especially with Vegas opening it up near even. It makes That's me feel better. I'm glad you feel a lot that. better about Vegas uh, right there with me. I think this is a great spot to play who at double your money plus 190. I think it was at. Um, this is a guy who's got experience training with Jackson Wink, experience Tiger Muay Thai. Um, he's he's got the strength and the grappling defense to make it trouble for Petrovsky. And we've seen Petrovsky have gas tank issues. We've seen him just has hold in his game. He thinks he's a lot better of a grappler than he actually is, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned the betting line here because that's something that our fighting expertise doesn't necessarily matter, but that's a betting expertise there where when you see a three and two fighter against a six and one prospect who the UFC clearly likes being opened up in Vegas at minus one ten each way, that tells you that this, this is as, as good of a public fade as any. Uh, well, clearly Dana yeah. saw a ton when he was 23 years old and as green as it as could oh, possibly that, yeah, be. That too. He's like, let's sign this green motherfucker who but literally just has Greco-Roman I wrestling take, background at heavyweight. And I do take he learned the, really quick. Like, I I'm not take, heavyweight. I do <laughs> take the China natives, though, for those China cards with a grain of salt. It's kind of like if he brought the UFC to Africa, which I know they talked about, the card would be littered with african-born fighters it's just i know that if they brought it to hawaii they've been talking about going to hawaii you'd see you know danny gay bj pens max holloway you'd see the you know you saw uh, brad tavares you'd see that so i, I think uh, i do take that with a grain of salt but i agree i think double your money and honestly dan i don't think we've seen the last of it either i think there's some more run-up to be to be had here i agree okay now this is a fight and this is one, again, where was this the last two weekends or last three weekends? Makwan Amir Khani, Mr. Finley, Finland against Lerone Murphy. And Lerone Murphy is not a bettable spot, unfortunately, in my opinion, at minus 290. Makwan plus 245. But nevertheless, this is an absolute barn burner fight. I'm excited for this one. I think that Lerone, I, I, I'm all on Lerone's side. I think that a Lerone inside the distance play or a Lerone um, parlay piece is a decent way to play this. I really am not high on Mach 1. I think that he's kind of taken this whole like Mr. Finland playboy thing to his head and he's kind of got that one foot in one foot out that we talk about with fighters that are on the verge of retiring. But if you're going to do it then though, then it can't, I don't see why it's going to be by finish. I mean, Edson Barbosa didn't finish him. Shane Burgos barely finished him in 30 seconds left. Arnold Allen didn't finish him, losing a split decision. This I guy, think Ronald Murphy hits hard, He does. Man. He does. We, remember, we laid, I believe it was an ankle lock, but we laid minus fucking a million on uh, him against Douglas De Silva Andrade. Douglas Silva De Andrade. And, and Ricardo Ramos. And Ricardo Ramos. Yeah. I mean, was- yeah, yeah, yeah. You I mean, we're talking was... about a guy in Lerone Murphy who on short notice drew or fought to a draw against Zubaira Tutvov, who's fucking very well respected. Yeah. It's I think that Lerone Murphy is deserves this big of an inflated line. And I think that Makwan is someone that I cannot trust to really fight for my money if he gets ever put into a bad situation. If you do go Makwan though. If you do go Mach 1, you have to go by sub. I, I think that this is one of those where that's the only path to victory here would be mm-hmm. by sub. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. But I, I think you're I, talking about a guy like Ricardo. I mean, guys like Ricardo Ramos and Zubaira Tugov are just better grapplers. But see, I'm all in on I'm all in on Lerone Murphy with you. I just think the minus 290 is what scares me personally. Get you. So, so, okay. So let's put it this way. Jot it down. Another potential parlay piece. Cause we can craft together a nice little parlay. Hey, Kobe, can you do me a favor live? Go to best fight odds. Future sponsor of the show. Let me know when you're there. We're doing this live. You there? Got the nod. Yep. Go to best fight odds. Click parlay the parlay button in the upper right corner. No, you're with the website, sir. All right. Well, sorry. Click, put uh, 
Ulan Bekov, Isma Gulov, and Lerone Murphy in it right now. And just leave it for now. Is that already positive EV? Let me know. Should be. Yeah. Plus 134. There you go. Love so it. Already getting a plus there. So let's, but hold on. Let's sit tight for a second because this is coming from a guy who turned 50 into 11K a couple of weeks ago. So let's, let's be patient. All right. We'll ride it out. We'll ride it out. Next fight. We have fucking tapology keeps bringing me to the PFL for some reason. I got to keep clicking something. Okay. Ooh, we saw this as a potential spot as well. Shamil Gamzatov versus Michelle Oliziacek. Tough alum. Or no, not Ultimate Fighter alum. Or no, fuck. I said the same thing. Uh, contender Series alum. There we go. Third time's a charm. Season one guy. Minus 140 for Gamzatov. Plus 120 for Michelle Olzliacek. Yeah, I was surprised when the line was uh, this close to even, in all honesty. Obviously, I wonder what it opened at. Uh, honestly, opened at 150 in favor of Gamzatov, so it's stayed kind of flat. Yeah, Michael and JJ, talented striker. Don't want to take away from that. Good footwork, good power. Um, but I think he's kind of undersized for light heavyweight. And and his last win, the one over Modestus Bukowskis, I mean, it was a really close fight, honestly. A lot of people, I think, me included, had it scored for Modestus. I think that's why I backed Modestus in the fight where he ended up breaking his leg. But Modestus is now cut, regardless of how that went down. That's what decision does not look great. We're talking about a guy that could be on a three-fight losing streak. And I'm not saying could be like coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like one idiot judge gives it one ten nine the other way. That was a really close. Right. This isn't the physio. This is a different... Right. Have right, 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 right. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and Gazmatov is a 14-0 former PFL champ, un, unreal fighter, good striker. On top of that, he's a three-time Abu Dhabi tournament champion in jiu-jitsu. He's going to present a lot of problems if uh, this fight does end up hitting the map, but I'm pretty confident that Gazmatov is going to be able to hold his own and stay away from the power of Ola Jacek. And I, I think that Shamil is just Going to be not afraid of him really anywhere this fight goes and going to have an answer. So that's good value there to say the least. I agree. The 140 really jumped out the page. But on the flip side of what we were saying about the uh, Yao Zhang, who that worries me a little bit because I thought the line would be significantly higher. So right. that, it, I, that one did worry me a little bit if I'm missing something. Also, I think the most valuable tidbit that I also saw that you said was Olizia check should be fighting at 85. He right. is a small, small... One of those in-betweener guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely an in-betweener. Just a bigger RDA. Okay, so now this one's interesting. We got... Who, Zaliski. How do you say Zaliski's first name? Elizu? Elizu? I just call him Easy. Yeah. Easy Dos Santos. Dos Santos as well. So we haven't seen him in a while. He was a guy who was ranked at a time... Once upon a time, beating Luigi Vendermini. He beat Sean Strickland in yeah, 2018. Crazy spinning hook. Kid. Crazy win. Dropped a couple and found himself out of the rankings. He hasn't fought in a little over a year now, and he's taken a newcomer, Benoit St. Dennis. And I had to dig. This, this is a, a guy making a UFC vet. He's been fighting on, like, I think the Fre- what Brave CF 49. I thought that was the French promotion, but I'm not sure. I think you're right. But, but um, it's definitely, the story it's definitely is, respectable. He was recently, recently signed. I mean, we're talking like a recent signing here by the UFC, and he's getting a tough draw, and the line reflects that. Z- Z- Zaliki Dos Santos minus 230, plus 150 for St. Dennis. This is another spot where I, I mentioned there are limited spots where I like the dog. I think that I'm going to end up paying, playing Benoit here. Wow. From what I've seen, he's just a phenomenal grappler, and that seems to be the recipe to beat a Capoeira-style fighter in Easy Dos Santos. Um, and, and I think he has a good enough chin to survive those jumping and spinning attacks. Um, plus, Easy Dos Santos obviously getting up there in age. You've got those explosive maneuvers, those jumping and spinning kicks that I keep mentioning. It's hard to do them for 15 minutes. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities, especially – with those kicks, I mean, to catch a kick, to, to get this onto the map for Benoit to maybe get it, get a sub for Zaleski to expose his neck. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to end up playing it straight just because the line's there. But um, the sub could be another just 
major, major multiplier. My issue was I couldn't find enough from that Brave FC promotion to like fully feel comfortable backing him. Sounds like you did though. It sounds like you had a little better success there that he's an elite grappler. Sidebar, if you parlay Yao Zhang Hu and this other opportune in St. Dennis, you got plus 750, which is now that's something I can start to sink my teeth. A into. lot now, of EV, yeah, now, a lot of EV for two 50-50 fights at, at, right. at the very least to me. Right. Now you're talking. In worst case scenario, you can hedge if if Yao Zong hits early, but nonetheless, we're a money-making podcast. Official plays will be out at Ankle Pick Pod on all forms of social come Saturday morning, maybe Friday night this week. We'll be on top of our game. Now, this is one I'm really excited for. We're not quite at the main card yet, but Albert Duryev, a recent Contender Series alum fighting Roman Kopilov. And, and I know you're a, been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're a fan of Kopilov. I, I am a fan of his. He's, but he's I a think, fun fighter to watch. I think Duryev is one of those guys from Contender Series who can legitimately see gold. He, he's a phenomenal. I mean, he's a very, he's, he's, he fights that Dagestani style where he's just absolutely on you like white on rice. I mean, you are just suction cupped at all times. He ragdolls you and has really, really good cardio. The line here is Duryev minus 330, unsurprisingly, plus 270 for Kopilov. Yeah, I see. Opened at way. 180. Shit. We got to get That's on these opens, Dan. We got to get on these opens. We could be getting so much value from what I'm understanding. I see it very, very similar. Um, he's a smothering gra- grappler, as his head coach, Eric Nixick, would say. But, uh, oh, speaking of Eric Nixick, he's a Couture MMA guy. Shout out to Sean Merriman and his um There you go, yeah, and his boy. Promotion. But I, I see the same thing. I think it's going to be a half ground or half guard ground and pound smash. I do like Kopilov. He's a good striker. Uh, he's from M1. It, it's hard being a striker in M1 because you're fighting a, a, a talent pool that's mainly focused on wrestling, and there aren't that many other elite strikers to kind of test you. And it's good to show that you have the good takedown defense, but when you've got the elite wrestlers like Derive, takedown defense can only get you so far. Um, plus Roberson hurt him. And, and then subbed him, and Roberson is probably the worst grappler in middleweight. Maybe. <laughs> no, he's not the like, worst, but he's not good. Maybe. <laughs> he's maybe. not the worst, but I like that take. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that, I think Durham's a safe parlay. Piece. Dan's I, on beer, too. Be one, though. Dan's on beer, beer too, so cut him some slack. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely is a nod for Durham, though. So, Kobe. Add that to this long running list. I think Duryev at 330 might be a straight play for me, but let's keep this juicy thing going. All right. Next on the list, <laughs> Carl Roverson. Just so we know, that brings it up to 205. Okay. We're still cooking. That's a we're still cooking, but I, I like that there too. I'm laughing. I, I the, the fact that Roverson's the He's a great Muay Thai striker. I'm not trying to take that away from him. Ray Look. Cooper, right now, by the way, on like a side note, eating knees right now. He had it as a live. He was a. Oh, now he's in a. He's in a guillotine. Sorry, I'm getting. Magomed Karimov was a much bigger favorite in the middle of the first than he is now in the middle of the third. Yeah. It, well, it, in it, at at uh, one one, it was back to even. It was one eighteen each way. What What's wow. the live odds right now, Kobe? One thirty five. Magomed Karimov. He's putting it on him. All right. Not to get too Bogdanoviched. So continuing, and, and you guys, all of our listeners are probably just like, geez, is Danny just reading off his prospect list? Zubira Tukugov. Zubira Tukugov versus Ricardo Hamos. And this is just, I mean, it is just getting out of hand. I mean, I know the, lo- the loss to D- D- Dawadu is the fight I watched back. Underrated fight, by the way. I mean, what a split decision. That one is tough, but that what a what a split decision. I'm excited to see Dawadu back in there too. Sorry, wait, I'm getting bogged down. Sure. Line is Tukugov. That are not that are not breaking minus Cooper one. knockout. He got knocked out or he knocked him out? Knocked him out. Knocked oh, him out. I'm delayed. Wow. Da-da-da, one million big ones. If you are Doing anything but driving. Look that knockout up. Holy shit. 
one million in the bag for Ray Cooper. Um, wow. Okay, that is a done or not done or not reasonable moment. Performance of the night bonus is awarded via Kobe. Okay, so um, took a goal. Zubaira. Yeah, Zubaira minus one sixty five. Ricardo Hamos plus one forty five. Line opened at one ten each way. What the shit? I like yeah. Hamos, phenomenal grappler. Don't get that part twisted. One ten each way seems low to me, and it seems like the betting community agrees it's up to one sixty five right now. I don't know. I'm kind of liking the way it's steaming because I think I'm going to end up playing Hamos come fight night. I love Tugugov. He's Talk a to really, me. really talented fighter. Obviously, out of Khabib's camp, out of AKA, he's on that kind of. He has a circle. split decision draw against Lerone Murphy. Right on short notice for Lerone too. Um, like you said, he struggled with Dawadu and with Moikana, who to me are worse defensive wrestlers than, than Ricardo Hamos. I think that Hamos is going to probably have the better pace to be the busier fighter, especially on the ground, mixing some good body work, uh, in, in those combos and, and kind of slow Tukagov down. I think that Tukagov has shown that he fades a little bit in the third and I could see this very, very well being just a 29-28 Davi, or not Davi, Ricardo Hamos, um, just outworking him and wanting it more. Yeah. I, I won't lie to you. I had a little bit of a different take, but I don't disagree with what you saw. I My thing was I thought that if this stays on the feet, Hamos is in big trouble. But, but if it goes to the mat, Hamos is going to be working off his back. Right? Or am I wrong? Do you think Hamos is not in trouble on the feet? I'm not so sure. Okay. Now that's now that's where it bends. Because to me, Tukagov looked really good, or at least comfortable, on the feet against Dawadu, who's a fast striker. And he was, although we, both these are losses, he was able to handle Moikano, who is in the similar grappling range, right, with, with, with Hamos. Definitely. I don't know. I, I, I think that I think Ricardo Hamos is just going to be a really, really busy fighter. He's going to put that pace on him and it's going to, like I said, it's going to be an outwork. No, that's interesting. I'm going to take a second look at that now that we brought it up, because that's one that I kind of wrote off as either Tukov or an, or a no touch. This but is I'm one t- where I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a second I'm, look at that. I'm seeing it. It's going to bust a whole lot of parlays, a whole lot and of Dagestani wrestling parlays. Also, as like a sidebar, just as like a history of the podcast, every gut feeling Dan's had that I haven't listened to, I have lost. So I'm, this is helping me. Okay, now we're getting damn close to the main card. This is the prelim capper. And yes, again, Danny's girl, Verana Genaroba versus Amanda Hebas. And the line, and if you love jits, holy tits and a cranberry. Jana Roba's the dog at plus 145. He bossed the favorite, minus 165. And the line opened again at 110 each way. Dan, is Jana Roba play at the dog spot? The science would say so. Um, the science the science would tell you absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to explain the science. But obviously, I love both these women. I hope that we get to see that jits that you mentioned. Uh, uh, oh, these two women... Love and Mackenzie Dern, I think, are the three best grapplers at strawweight. And yes. I don't think that it's even close. No, um, it's not. And but, that's but but sidebar, Janaroba lost a decision to Dern, but it was not. And he due boss to a, won a decision against Dern. That's their MMA did. math. She did. But 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 it is n- the Janaroba loss to Dern was not due to being completely out grappled. I need that. I want that. There was very little grappling in both those matchups. That's why I say, I hope we get the gist mm. that you mentioned. Obviously mm-hmm. the gist is there for both women, but in the Dern Janji Hoba fight and the Dern Hibas fight, they were mostly striking battles, which is something I did not expect. But I do think I learned in those that Amanda Hibas is going to be the more technical striker. If she's, absolutely destroying Dern on the feet and Dern manhandled Jan Jehovah. Um, But like you said, you were surprised that Jan Jehovah is the dog. I think that on paper, she's got the jits advantage. She's the actual Abu Dhabi champion. I, I, it's hard for me to say that either woman is going to get caught in a sub here. 
uh, with how talented I think he I would be. Sh- I'd be shocked. Even if it was a Jits match, I'd be shocked if one of them actually got caught. I mean, it's possible. The but- line here is a little steep, but I think that the play that I'm in love with here is over two and a half minus two thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a chance either of them get subbed, and I think Sorry. a knockout would be. <coughs> That was a the Vidi 19. Huge, huge shock to me. Interesting. No, I agree. But what about Hebas via finish on the feet? I don't know. I just I feel I, like Hebas is underrated power. I think that Hebas is the better technical striker, but I think that what I kind of lean Verna in the power. I think that Verna is just like a. So are you saying beast. over two and a half or fight to go to decision? I'm saying over two and a half. I think I saw it on minus two thirty-five. Minus two thirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That actually, honestly, Dan. Now that you're bringing my eye to it, that might see my card. <laughs> like it's all honesty, it's a that, good. That might see my card. Two thirty-five. We added to the parlay. Oh, I want it. Reese doesn't want I, to. Dan does. No, add it. Add it. Ink it. Ink it. A women's over at less than minus five hundred is a play. That's what I mean. And I'm not comfortable even really doing Hibas or Janjiova by decision. I just want to sit back and enjoy this and hope I get all 15 Speaking minutes. Speaking of which, one of the easiest bets of all time, the Clarissa Shields for PFL tonight, the over one and a half was minus 130. <laughs> Ew. Ew. It's irresponsible um, for you to not bring that to the podcast attention. It was, it was, it, I took it after, I saw it after it closed. I was looking at lines. I didn't have it. Um, Okay, now we're talking about PFL again. Jeez, we're distracted. We just lost the main card. If anyone's, if anyone's, if you can get one takeaway from this podcast, we just fucking love fights. We talk about everything. We talk about, you should see it. We, Danny and I text at 4 30 in the morning. Do you see that one championship front kick? <laughs> did you, did you see that KSW that new statement from Chatri? <laughs> um, all right, main card now. At UFC 267 Abu Dhabi. And we're started off. What? 1 p.m. Central. 1 p.m. Central time for the main card. But you'll already be drunk if you're doing it the ankle pick way. First, and, and this is not a joke. I know you're thinking like this might be the co-main or the main event. First fight on the card. Magomed Ankalaev versus Vulcan Ozdemir is the first fight on the card. And I know... Again, Danny, if, if we had a counter for how many times he said Magomed Ankalaev on this pod, or just the word Magomed, because there's so fucking many. <laughs> you, you, it, it's got to be handicapped a little bit because of the Magomed Magomedovs and the Magomed Magomed right. Cherry Paws. The Cherry Paws. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magomed Ankalaev minus 280, Vulcan Ozmir plus 240, and that is seriously the line right now. It opened at 290. For Magomed Ankalaev, so it's kind of stayed relatively flat. And I think that it's there for good reason. See, I I tipped my hand a little bit earlier. I definitely tipped it on set the spread. I think Volkan Ozdemir at a two point five to one dog is crazy to me. He was the favorite against Jury Prohashka. He was a very very small dog against Alexander Rakic, and I I seriously put pohashka and Rakic in the same tongue as magomed Ankalaev, so i don't really know why this one all of a sudden gets ballooned i agree with you but I, the reason it's getting ballooned is because of the card he's on and it, it's all these other russian dagestani guys that are associated with him and khabib in the corner and even though khabib's not going to be in magomed's corner um it, it's just it, it inflates all this a little bit but when i say that i can see the or i agree with the line being that big. It, it's more so of judging this off the last couple of Magomed fights. He's a striker and that's not who he is. He's a guy that if he misses in the chain wrestling here, I don't think that Ozemir has a chance. And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's part of Magomed's game plan because he looks like he's fall like the classic wrestler fell in love with his hands. He looks like he's sharp enough to kind of hold his own there, outstrike guys like Kudalaba and, and, and I do think, I do think him getting caught in that Paul Craig submission with one second left in the third round early. It it might've been his USA debut. He hasn't really shown his wrestling since then, but if this stays striking, I mean, you got to imagine that it's closer than what the line's saying. Yes. I completely agree. And, and you have to remember, and I'm not saying, but Vulcan two, three, maybe three years ago, 
fought DC for the belt, the light heavyweight strap. And DC is a phenomenal wrestler. That was yeah, three no, years ago. I mean, Vulcan, Vulcan's a phenomenal striker. He carries real power in his hands. And, and my well, I think what I'm saying is I think, I think as the, he's 32 right now, 29 when he fought, 28, 29 when he's fought DC for the title. He's fought Eli Latifi since then. The rest are all phenomenal strikers. Anthony Smith, I guess. But you have to imagine that his takedown defense or his defensive grappling has definitely taken leaps and bounds in the last three years. Yeah, but we were just talking about that Rakic and Prohaska fight. I don't think he drilled a single takedown no, for either of those. No, he didn't. It's more that if this stays standing and he can defend the takedown against Ankalaev, you're getting value at 250, right? Yeah. No, I, I can I can totally see to that. Yeah, think, right? I mean, I can I'm totally think- see that. This is not a spot where I'm talking about uh, I'm saying laying the house on Magomed. Or, but I do think he he it, it's oh, similar I, similar to that Mustafaev Ismagulov fight. I'm not going to be surprised if we find out that Magomed is just way sharper of a striker on Saturday. But it's not something that I'm going to like expect to happen. For me, I just say I don't think this is a parlay ad like the rest of them. You know what I mean? Like this is a yes. spot where. If you told me something broke up a big parlay, I'd say Vulcan's probably the lead for that. Or this next one. Kamzat Chemaev, yes, is making his return. Hamzat, I always pronounce the K, 9-0, and is fighting Li Jingliang, the leech, 18-6. and And the line is Kamzat minus 550. Jingliang minus, or plus 425. This opened... At Hamzat minus 260, which if we knew that open, we would have definitely seen that. Dan, for those we haven't done, we haven't fully converted to video yet. The Swedish flag is flying. Swedish flag is out. It's been a long, long time. Hamzat's been on the bench, or at least it feels like a long time because he fought. No, yeah, yeah. Because he almost times in a month or whatever. Yeah, and he literally thought he was going to die from the Vidi 19, but he's back. And he's back. And I refuse to add the 550 to the parlay because I think the leech is the definition of a guy who likes being the dog and breaking up these parlays. And it is by far the toughest fight that Hamzat has had. You're looking at a guy like the leech defeats Ponzinibbio is the big dog defeats Zal 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 uh, Zaliki whoever the fuck that's on these earlier card, David Zawada, Jake Matthews, he lost to, but he was a, I don't know if he's a dog there, but moral of the story is he's used to being the dog and he's used to disrupting the, the noise. I think there's a big step up for, for, for Hamzat. And if that, if the after effects of COVID-19 or anything like I think they might be based on the way he was talking, this is not a minus 650 I want to lay. No, yeah. Fair play to you for even talking about taking Leach. I mean, obviously the numbers there, the, the, the values, technically there. Um, but I look at Leach and I see those losses to Jake Matthews and Neil Magny. And I, I, I watched those today that he just got absolutely dominated when it came to the grappling. Like he, he just had no answer, no takedown defense. I think that as long as Hamzad isn't like, and he's never really shown to be like a, a showboater. I think Hamzad's going to just wrestle fucking probably get a sub in the second round. Uh, obviously he's unproven. Obviously this is a major step up for him, but if he is as talented as I really think he is, I've seen Lee out grappled by far lesser grapplers. And so oh I, I, I think that Hamzat's going to win here, but you're right. The value, the values on the was, side. Okay. Then that was going to be my follow-up question. Doesn't see your card in any way, Definitely, shape or form. I think it will see my card. I think I'm going to play it by sub. I might even, I might even go real cute and sprinkle on that second round. Um, but like you, like you said, the, it, it's not a play straight, and it's something I'm nervous about in my parlays. But even saying that, I'm not so nervous about it. I really think that that Ponzinibbio fight was just him being really rusty and getting caught. I think that – I'm bringing he, Dom Cruz on. I think that if you run that back, that Lee Jinjong Ponzinibbio fight, I'm back Ponzinibbio again. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Dom Cruz on. Ring rust isn't real. Um. Well, I just think Hamzat's not worth the ad at 660. That's me or 650 or whatever the fuck. I mean, it's going to give you what? A nickel? And it's not. No, I get you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to pay that price for someone that really only has three fights against two guys that aren't even there anymore. But I do put it this way. Gone to to my head. Do I even think for a millisecond about laying 
like and on a straight up do i even think for a millisecond about not taking hamzat no <laughs> it's it's locked mm-hmm. so if that tells you anything yep next fight on the main card and this is a six fight main card with two title fights and all every single one is just an absolute banger this is the worst of the bunch and it's a great fight Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tibera, and Danny and I differ on this one, which is always fun. Volkov minus two ninety, Marcin Tibera plus two forty five on the other side. Yeah, Tibera, no disrespect, good fighter. He's on an absolutely great run. Uh, he likes to uh, kind of pressure the slower heavyweights into into corners. But for me, Volkov's just different level, especially with that footwork. He's got great cardio, especially in those high pressure fights. And, and he really needs to get back in the win column here after performing pretty poorly against Cyril Gaon. It's hard to perform well against Cyril Gaon. But I do think that Volkov is just a different level of striker than Tybura. And I don't think that – or I think that Volkov's takedown defense is good enough um, to he's keep so his butt long. off the mat. Yeah, he's really, really long, but – In the stick know, version I'm... of him, he looks like a strong, long man. For me, I guess it's less about laying Tibera, which I probably won't do, and more about not laying the 300 on Volkov, which seems like the recurring theme on this card. Yeah, there's a lot of spots where it's just tough to play the favorite. It's tough to play the dog. It's tough to pick upsets. And here's another one. The next fight on the card is the baddest man or one of the baddest men in the sport, Dan Hooker, in my opinion. Take He truly is the definition of I'll fight you anytime, anywhere somehow got peer pressure in taking this fight against Islam Makachev. Twenty even talking about how he would make it a five-round fight if they want. Yeah, that definitely benefits him, though. He's a baller. Yeah, he is an absolute baller. Yeah, but, I see this real similarly to the last Minus 600 for Makachev, plus 450 for Hooker. This is going to be Drew Dober all over again, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's a perfect way of putting it. Dan Hooker is very talented. Definitely a step up for Islam, um, but Islam is just an elite, 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 elite grappler. Like Drew Dober was saying, it feels like you're on ice out there. Um, the interesting thing for me here is that you've got a guy in Islam who is all the respected lightweight in the world, and, and for good reason watching him, he passes the eye test. But have you ever seen a guy like on paper get an easier path to the title i think that if he wins this no one's going to fight him until a title shot's open because no one fights him anyways but dan hooker being ranked like seventh is his like only top 10 yeah, fight I but think tiago moises is like 14 like but i think tiago moises is a very underrated fighter i think drew dober is very underrated i think davi hamels is very i agree underrated. with you armin's armin's lightweight in the what UFC? about armin's what about I agree, no, I, I agree with you completely. We're, his, his resume isn't bad. Nick I'm just Lance. talking about on paper, not beating ranked fighters and being climbing the entire ladder at lightweight. It's well, tough. It's a crowded I, division. I agree. I just I do think, though, that a huge part of it is what you touched on is no one wants that. No I mean, one if, you're sitting yes. at, if you're sitting in the one through 10 of the lightweight division, you're running from this guy. If you're not named Dan Hooker and you're not named Tony Ferguson, which isn't a good fight for him anymore, you don't want anything to do with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> no. Spot. It, exactly. And, and that's yeah. why I think that this win is going to propel him to a title shot. It's just so interesting looking at that record and being like, oh, so you're going to beat the guy who's listed at number six right now and all of a sudden be – like do for a title shot in the most competitive division of the most competitive fight promotion in the world. Yeah, I'm a lightweight yeah, in the UFC. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting, but obviously passing the eye test. So I'm not mad, but wanted to bring it up. No, I don't disagree with you, but again, I, I don't feel comfortable adding that 600 to the parlay. That's just, it's too much for me against a guy like hooker. And I might be sprinkling hooker KO. That's just a fan. That's the I love that. No, I don't blame that. No, no, no. I don't blame that. Here's the problem, though. Here's the problem, though. Is it any higher than the 450? Because I feel like KO is like the path to victory. No, it is. 900 hooker by KO TKO. That's awesome. That's a fan in me, but I'll probably be sprinkling that. I love that. Before we move on. Love that. Yeah. Happy birthday to Islam Akja. Wow. October 27th. Small world. I'll bet he's not eating any cake. 
<laughs> I definitely bet you he's not, not eating anything. He's probably Imagine just eating celebrating any- your birthday with Khabib while you're training for a fight. No, he's pro- he honestly was probably just eating an entire sheep. Like making the sheep, <laughs> making the sheepskin hat, but he's probably just eating an entire sheep. <laughs> I, it wouldn't I surprise it. me at all. But it. sound the horns. This is the ankle lock of the week. Piotr Jan versus Corey Sandhagen. And we are all over Corey Sand. No, I'm just kidding. We are all <laughs> over Piotr Jan at minus 220. And I would say, and it sounds like Danny agrees, that as you're listening to this, I would jump on Piotr Jan. I don't think it gets any more favorable for us here. It opened at 300, and this is the lowest it's been since. At minus 300, so it is the lowest it's been since. I don't foresee it getting any lower. I think this is a great draw for Piotr. Piotr made Aljo look like someone who shouldn't be contending for the title, and Aljo made... Corey Sandhagen looked like someone who shouldn't be a top five fighter. Breezed through him, backpacked him, and subbed him within a minute and a half, it felt like. I, I think Piotr's just going to put the hurt on him, put the hurt on him fast. And I, I really, I don't want to overplay my hand, but I don't even think I'm going to be sweating it much at, at minus 220. I agree with you completely. I, I mean, listeners don't need me to get into how much I fucking loved watching Piotr Jan fight. I think he's my number one pound for pound fighter maybe number two behind Kamaru, but that's how much I respect this dude. And for me, what really led me, because I'm not trying to sit here and say that like Corey has no chance, but what led me to really love this as a lock is it really is it so much of a tougher cut for Sanhagen than it is for Piotr. And we're talking about a guy that couldn't beat TJ on one leg. Um, that's, that's tough for me. And it's a situation where even if Corey starts fast and maybe he lands a big power shot or two, I'm going to be comfortable again relaying Piotr Jan live after the end of the first round, end of the second round. Give me that. Give me give me that manja, manja. Manja, manja, manja. I mean, Piotr's so good. Yeah, no, I I really will never be worried. And that's, and that's not trying to, like, overplay my hand or, like, count a bet before it happens. But, like, I really – on set the spread, I think I said this was, I guessed, in the 300s. And we do have a lot of respect for Corey, too. I'm not trying to look past him, but to me, right. the this biggest such- flaw that he has in his in his entire fight IQ is giving his backup so much, and that's on the feet. And Piotr Jan is so good at those body lock throws, just locking you up like a seatbelt and just whoop over his fucking thigh. And he's so defensively aware, keeping his hands up, guard, just high guard, gauges distance. I mean – Piotr Jan's awesome to watch. Yeah, I me. I love Piotr. And I and he gets me amped. Me too. And I just really don't fear this one. And when I saw 220, that's I that's when Dan and I got the mutual nod because it was 300 come set the spread time. So I'm excited for that one. Okay. Main event time. And this is not gonna let the fans down. I know people, this isn't the sexiest title fight we've seen, but it's gonna be a good one. Jan Block. Hey, you know what? Kobe, you, you, you've got this name down to a science. Who's, oh, fighting, Kobe. who's fighting Glover Teixeira this weekend? Jan Blachowicz. Jan Blachowicz. He's Kazmir been pra- Pulaski. <laughs> Best holiday of all time. No, he's been celebra- He's been saying the name nonstop. I had to give it to him. Blachowicz. 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 Jan Blachowicz versus Glover Teixeira. And the line on this one is another one that's tough to lay, but I'm interested to hear Dan Blachowicz minus 290 to share a plus 245. Yeah, this is a fun fight. Like we said, light heavyweight is technically, I think, the not not the best weight class in, in MMA, but that's not to say that they're bad fighters. These guys are fucking ballers. They hit hard. This is going to be a banger of a fight. And I think that it's kind of the epitome of Glover. I mean, he he is the the old man's champion at 42 on this last run, um, and he just he's he, that he's got the chin, he's got the grappling, he doesn't go away, he's got the pace, um, and I think that John or Jan ha, Jan has to hurt him. I, I think that that's really what's going to come down to, and I think that the line's big. For a good reason, because Jan has shown that he can deal with the wrestlers. He can deal with the strikers like Tiago Santos. 
He can out grapple Anthony Smith. Um, he, he can, he's got the answers for you, but Glover's been that guy. He's always that thorn in your sides. Always, always ruining the day of the favorites, big underdogs, cashing tickets. It's, it's hard. This is one I think I'm going to lay off on, but I definitely lean Jan. No, I, I just, I, you're right. I don't disagree. You know, I agree all over Jan. I, I don't think I want to bet it because I, I, it might just be that I have that much respect for uh, Glover, but yeah, yeah. Like this line scares me away more than anything else, but Blahovich is my boy. Wrote him against Izzy. Loved that fight. He's just, here's the thing about Jan. He's transformed himself over his career, but he's just good everywhere. And Glover is historically a slow starter. You, you see it quite a bit. He was even a slow starter against Thiago Santos. He was a slow starter versus Anthony Smith before absolutely putting him into deep waters. I really think that Jan is going to not give him the opportunity to get it back. I think Glover is going to start slow, and that'll be the end of him. I, I actually was thinking more and more about this. I kind of like Jan by finish. I think but, I might end up sprinkling on that. I mean, right? I said it too. Jan's going to yeah. hurt him. No, Jan's going to hurt him. And he just, I think he's one of the more underrated champions. So as much as, but I just think the only reason this line's not super bettable is because I think on the other side, Glover Teixeira is one of the most underrated challengers we've seen. Definitely. I mean, he's 42, but he's still fucking dangerous. So Jan's the play, but it's more of, how much, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can bet it straight. Um, but for shits and gigs, Cobe, add Piotr to the parlay, add Jan to the parlay. I already added Piotr. I was waiting to see if you wanted me to add Jan. Yeah, do it. Yeah, we're not not adding the ankle lock. And where does that Piotr's in there? Jan Blachowicz is in there now. Okay, well, it's plus 750. Plus seven fifty for all those guys to win. Ulanbekov, Ismagulov, Larone Murphy, Duraev over two and a half in the women's fight. Janjadova now hit the round and... robin button. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit the round robin button because I, I don't see any of those guys losing. Pyotr Jan and Jan Blahovic. Blahovic. Love it. So it sounds like it's a wrap, boys. We got. We don't have our party brother. He's gone missing. I cannot wait for Saturday. I cannot wait for Saturday. No, there's no amount of excitement that can emphasize what Saturday is going to be. The Swedish flag is flying, and it's going to be a good fucking day. I can't wait for it, and we'll catch you Sunday night for I Monday. I in Swedish. Let's set the spread. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.